Hello, Sam Pittman and Hannah Dalton, and are, you are the founders of the of Eco Essex, which is so much more than just a Facebook page. Um, so, how long has Eco Essex been going, and what inspired you both to start the Facebook page? And tell me about your other pages too. Hannah, I'm going to let you do the intro bit because you remember it better than me. That's fine. And um, so, Eco Essex started three years ago next month. And it basically started because Sam and I were clogging up a mum's Facebook group with eco talk and talking about how to raise children in a more eco environment. And someone said, oh, you guys should start a group. And at the time, Sam had newborn baby twins and I was in hospital um, having a really difficult pregnancy with my youngest. And for some reason, we thought that it would be a great idea to start a Facebook group. Um, so we did it from our... I think perspective kind of like beds and crazy lives and there was 10 of us all of us were mums we all kind of roughly knew each other and it literally grew from there and we suddenly realized that more and more people were looking to join who obviously we didn't know who came from different areas of Essex um completely different walks of life and we realized that our group could have maybe a bigger reach and a bigger impact than just the few mums that we'd started with um and that was how we started and we then quickly evolved to um, a bigger group and split off into smaller groups. So probably our most popular group is our rehome and recycle group, yeah. which um, was a, an idea of Sam's on us. We were trying to find somewhere to get rid of stuff that wasn't stuff you could sell or give to charity, but wasn't rubbish. And it was things like broken china and carpet off cuts and things which could be used for a different project um, than just going in the bin. So that's how it started. It's now pretty much become a, a recycling site and a rehoming site for everything, especially during lockdown where the charity shop was shut. People couldn't get rid of their things. They wanted them to go to good homes. And it, it offers up everything. It does still deal with empty jam jars and bits of carpet, but it also has a reach of, we've had people buy TVs and desks and people have set people up from working from home. We've had people who've donated things to children's homes um, and helped people get PCs and that through lockdown. So it's, it's grown probably, well, I think it is probably one of our biggest groups. It is, yeah, it's the biggest um, one. Yeah. We've got um, three other smaller groups. Um, so I run a group which deals with sustainable sanctuary wear, um, offering help and support for um, people who suffer, oh, suffer, wrong wording, uh, people who have menstrual cycles. Um, and Sam runs a business group supporting um, I was going to say all size businesses. Yeah. It was becoming more eco. I was going to say it's actually small businesses, but it's not just small businesses anymore. Um, <laughs> and we also have an education group, um, which starts with Essex, but we're now looking at wider reach as well, which helps um, promote being more eco in school. Yeah. And Sam, you specialise in supporting small businesses to make eco changes. Can you tell me what you do here? Well, yeah, like Hannah said, so we set up, I set up the business, well, we both set it up, but it was just something I was more passionate with, so I tend to lead that one more. Um, yeah, so it started off as a similar thing. You just wanted to give tips and support to where we said the Eco Essex group was mainly for individuals. It, again, I just saw a niche there. It was like, well, businesses need small tips. And I'm one of these people that I, I just come up with ideas and I would go to businesses like, I don't know, I'd go to a cafe and I would see opportunities you know, I'd see the opportunity. Why don't you just have a sign saying, you know, bring your reusable coffee cup or why don't you sell reusable straws or why aren't you offering vegan um, menu choices? And I would just have all these ideas that I think 
would not only be a more sustainable choice, but would actually support the business in making money in many ways as well. And I just thought I really wanted to support small businesses. And, and I don't have any like expert um, skills in, in, in running business. You know, I just have a passion for it. And I think a skill for coming up with ideas. Yeah. So the business group really is for small businesses. Um, again, started in Essex, but I actually want to reach as wide as I can get to help as many people and many businesses as we can. Um, and it, it's things like um, more pack, more eco packaging. You know, it's like looking at well, could your company have recycled packaging or forest friendly paper, or can you reuse pa- packaging from our rehome site? You know, and yeah, so just love doing that. I've got an eco. Um, an eco business workshop, which is oh. <laughs> turn that off for a minute. Oh, Actually, it's a good point. I don't even know where my phone is. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got an eco business workshop, which is really like an introduction to thinking of the basic things. So, I'm not a sustainability consultant. I don't come from a legislation policy background. That's not what I'm here to talk about. Um, it doesn't actually interest me either. Um, but my skill is just coming up with those basic about basic ideas for all small businesses whatever their trade is whether that's looking at having an ethical bank account whether that's looking at an eco host for your website and you know there's so many things any business can do even if they work from home so i'm just gonna have to take this one minute okay sorry <laughs> hello hello <laughs> hello hello <laughs> I know who it is. It's my mum, but oh, I'm really sorry about that. I mean, I'm going to cut cut it and join it, but I think we'll we'll carry on. Hopefully, it's going to go. That's all right. I'll just keep laughing. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. um, And with the business group, yeah. So then I've kind of taken that workshop to the next level and just wanted to offer more one to one support for people that wanted it. So for those businesses that want somebody to brainstorm with and want to fresh ideas around with, I do something which I call eco-business mentoring, which is just like a, a video call like this where we just talk about the business and I look at what their values are, what's important, you know, what their business is all about, what they're finding challenging and just try and thrash out some ideas and, and challenges. And um, I actually really enjoy it. I always come away from buzzing, just having connected with people on a one-to-one and really got to know their brand and, yeah. and then helped them grow the business really. And yeah, I love doing that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And um, you also work really hard to support schools across Essex to become more sustainable. And so can you tell me what you've done there? Yeah. So again, a couple of years ago, me and Hannah just saw a niche there in regarding people that needed support. So we set up our own education group at the time. And then what happened is we, after we set it up, we realised that there was another education group in North Essex. So we're based in South Essex. And that we realised it was stupid because we're all volunteers, like doing this voluntarily. What is the point in reinventing the wheel? Like, you know, teachers were in two groups and similar posts were being posted. So we've combined, we've worked with Enform Charity based up in Colchester in North Essex, combined two groups um, and built it. And it's, it's grown actually now really significantly recently since we've made it national um, because teachers have told us that there isn't really a Facebook group generically support them with eco issues so we've made that national um and that's there to support teachers 
we've thinking of ways that they can bring in eco ideas into their curriculum, into their classroom, from book reviews to looking at PTAs. And I love doing stuff like that as well. Yeah. Coming up with ideas for how PTAs can be more sustainable. Um, we're doing a monthly newsletter as well. So that's to anyone that signs up for our education newsletter. And that's for home educators as well, because um, oh, yeah. ironically, I became a home educated mum about six months ago. And I had totally forgotten that there was a niche market of people we hadn't even included in our education group, which was myself. So um, we opened it up to anybody, basically, in the education sector. So trying to support with tips for, for anyone in the education sector. Um, and I've, we've got teachers now involved in our newsletter and in the group. So because me and Hannah aren't qualified teachers, <laughs> it got to the point where actually I thought, well, I'm not the best person to be writing this newsletter so we've got qualified teachers now that are writing that newsletter predominantly, and I tend to edit it and add the PTA and the home educating bits. So, so yeah, doing that, and I, I quite like that because I feel if you can, if you can make a difference with businesses and schools, like that's a massive amount of people that can be influenced. You know, if every business has a thousand customers in a year, then you that business has influenced a thousand people. If every school can influence a thousand pupils and their parents, you you actually make a bigger impact wider impact so I think schools and businesses are key yeah wow. yeah passionate about them it's brilliant um Hannah you specialize in sustainable sanctuary wear can you tell me more about this yeah so um I guess I took the weirder niche um to weird might be interesting it's the way it's wrong people go oh really um, until you start talking about it and then you find that people have tons of questions. Um, it came out of a, a personal um, choice I made years ago um, down to health reasons. So it was actually suggested by a hospital um, to look at more sustainable routes. So with normal sanitary wear, um, they have such a big impact on our body and our cycles, which I wasn't even aware of. Um, the fact that a, a sort of a heavy to medium pad can take between 100 and 500 years um, to completely, I was going to say degrade, but it doesn't just break up. Mm -hmm. um, think how many use over a month, a year, your lifetime of using them, that's that thousands that will just be sitting there for, for decades to come. Oh. Um, any amount of chemicals that are involved in them. So every, pretty much every make you can buy on the shelf is full of chemicals, it's full of bleach. Um, and there was a study done in Italy and America, there hasn't been a similar one done in England. Um, but it took the, I think, four most common pad makes and tested them. And three out of the four had one of the most harmful chemicals to humans in. If you were dealing with it in quantities, you'd have to wear a hazmat suit. <gasps> but yeah, it was in our um, tampons and pads that we're putting inside of us or um, obviously on our bodies. And you leach those chemicals into your system and it can cause so many more um, health problems than we're even aware of. It can make our cycles heavier. It can make them more painful. Um, and there's just no need for that. Um, so I started looking at the alternative options and realised that they're, uh, it's becoming more popular now, which is fantastic, but definitely kind of 10 years ago, there was nothing on it. It was like a weird underground area of the internet that you ended up on looking at this stuff. Um, and I was, why are young girls not being taught that? We're plowing money into industries that are completely destroying the environment, completely mucking so up our bodies. The alternative, is it a cup? I've heard about this cup. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, right. Not there is a cup. Cup is one of the most um, commonly used items. It would replace um, a tampon if you prefer a more um, inside your body method, which is literally a, a cup, as it says. It's a rubber or silicon cup. 
um, which forms a tight seal when you put it in. It doesn't leak, it doesn't smell. Um, you can exercise, you can swim, there are no problems. And then when you want wow. to release it, you just break the suction and it comes out. Um, they're completely reusable, you just sterilize them. And I um, mean, the shelf life on them that they say is 10 years. Uh, we definitely know ones that are going more than 10 years. I think everything that you buy now has to have a shelf life, but I mean, there, there isn't. So you've got one it. cup and it can last 10 years that you insert, yeah, that you can insert in your body. And I didn't realise that yep. you inserted it into your body. I thought it was like underneath you. I didn't realise yep. that. No, it, it goes up like a tampon. It looks a bit scary and there are methods and things to do it. But um, yeah, it goes up inside you as a tampon would. And yeah, one cup could last a girl 10 years plus. Which is wow, amazing. how much money you save doing that? If, if, when you think of the talks they do in schools, and I know uh, most schools will give you like a couple of disposable pads. If they gave every girl a cup, no girl would ever have that panic that she didn't have the money. You wouldn't have period poverty in England because you could provide girls with one item once in, in 10, 15 years and they'll be covered. God. Yeah. Wow. There are other options. There are pads and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's really astounding. When you look at the facts like that, why? Why does anyone put money into things that you chuck in the bin when you could use something oh God, that you keep using? Yeah, well, I've learned something there. <laughs> I, when I just thought about these cups underneath you, I thought, well, how can that work? So I didn't know. Yeah. They went inside. That's, you see, that's the yep. thing. Right. Wow, it's brilliant. Um, so you've been doing a few projects over the summer. Would you like to tell me about them, how it all went? <laughs> I'm always doing something. Um, <laughs> I just don't know when to stop because my brain works with ideas you see I'm just like oh I've come up with another idea I'll try this um so over the summer I did I can't remember what I called it now summer holiday um group mentoring I suppose it was um which was basically just a messenger group that's really what it was it wasn't anything fancy but um I had about 15 people sign up I think and for it was just a message chat um but what was really lovely about it was it, it, it kind of provided something slightly different to your Facebook group, which it became a more personal discussion and like and people getting to know each other and supporting each other uh, in a much smaller group. Um, and that worked really well for about three weeks, three, four weeks, so about a month. And then yeah. after that summer holiday, it was in the summer holiday, I think everyone got overwhelmed and um, a month was enough for people. So for that month, yeah, it was really good and it really supported people. Um, and I am looking at other ways to do that, whether you know that's a viable support method that people want. Because the thing is with Facebook, I mean, don't even get us started on Facebook algorithms and how people <laughs> don't even see the posts that you go to the effort of writing. So it's almost like if we want to make an impact and support people, we need to do it via other ways. is isn't just social media. Um, so having like message groups like that is a really, really nice way. Um, and almost like having a smaller group where you can just chat on your phone, it, it makes it a bit more comfortable for people to ask questions they think might be silly. Yes. You know, when you're yeah. on a group with 5,000 people, you don't want to be the one that goes, uh, can I recycle this? You know, because you'll have people going, of course you can, or no, you can't. And um, <laughs> So, yeah, it definitely offered a different dimension for support. So that was that one. I, I forget what else I've done doing. Um, <laughs> we've set up the newsletters with the education group. So that's been quite a big one 
for, for doing that. So collaborating with the teachers and getting those monthly education newsletters out, that's been quite um, big, really important for them. They're so passionate about it. Um, and although it's not my knowledge of expertise, I like supporting people to set, like, set stuff up and kind of go, yeah, we've, we've got it up and running now. You can kind of lead it because this is your area of skill. I just, I like setting it up and know that we've done it. Yeah. Um, and then really now is the build up to Christmas. And I kind of don't like saying it because I'm not one of these people that wants to talk about Christmas forever, but um, some people are. So I've, ha- I've had to get in the mindset of Christmas since about August. So I'm rewriting um, the Christmas workshop that will be launching in about two weeks. Hopefully the 11th of October is my plan. Um, and then offering bits and pieces to go with that around Christmas. So we've got a, a Christmas masterclass on the 11th of October, which is just a free Zoom with me where I'm going to talk to people about Christmas and, and looking at our values. I'm really key because I really believe that Christmas is a time that we should all enjoy. And actually, I think we get overwhelmed. We get stressed. We, we have our own values of, um, like, I want to be minimalistic, right? And then at Christmas will come thousands of stuff that I don't need. And it's like, well, that's not in line with my values. And actually, I want to know what my values are and I want my family to respect them. And, and ultimately, I don't want loads of stuff, whether that's in June or December. I don't want that. Um, so I'm going to be talking about how our values are so important for life and that Christmas is part of that. We should live in line with our values. Um, hmm. well, so I want to look at people's eco values as well. Can I add an idea in? This is what my husband does. He has a little hmm. list, list on the computer of what he actually wants, hmm. things he actually needs. And maybe if yeah. everyone accessed everyone's lists, they'll buy hmm. that what they actually want rather than a load of time. Exactly. Like everything, it doesn't have to be completely sustainable. But if you just bought something somebody actually wants, that's better than buying something somebody doesn't want and will never use. So, um, yeah, there's loads of strategies that I can talk about in the Christmas workshop and things like that and, and how to broach that subject with loved ones, which is always a hard one as well, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've just been working hard on that, really, and building up our email list. So we've got nearly about a thousand people on our email list now. And it's just another platform for us to support people rather than all the social media. So, yeah, done that. We've got the website as well, haven't we, Hannah, now as well. So that's sold up. So that's been a project that's been taking about a year to get that up and running. So, yeah, lots of things going on, really. Our YouTube channel, got that up and running now where we've got videos on there um, to support. We've got a different playlist. So, again, we've got an education playlist for teachers. I've got a PTA playlist, Everyday Living Run. Uh, <laughs> there's your mum. And then, hopefully, Hannah, you can do your videos in there as well. Mum? Yep. Mum? Mum? I'm doing a podcast. Don't, please don't ring me. I'm doing a podcast. I can't talk now, okay? I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Sorry about that. It's, it's, I think it's probably the time, because we're at this sort of time. <laughs> Sorry about that, I do apologise. <laughs> okay. So, so, you've, so is that everything you've done this summer? Have you done anything else? Don't no, ask, no, I can't even remember. So I can't even remember. <laughs> I think what people don't realise is when you're an admin of a Facebook group that you're really passionate about, it actually takes a lot of time. So when me and Hannah set it up, there was no way in on earth we would have even done it had we have known what was going to be involved. Because like Hannah said, she was hospitalised. I had newborn twins and a toddler. Like we had no time between us whatsoever. 
but it almost happened so naturally that it was like oh but this is growing because people need this so we're not gonna not go with the flow but now three years down the line I mean I I try to think how many hours we've put in just completely voluntarily to run it it's it's yeah but I mean we've done it to ourselves I mean we have set up four different groups or whatever it is now (laughs) and an Instagram (laughs) and like a website we have done all that but only because there's a need for it and we now know that we can have a bigger impact but yeah. it is so time consuming. Do you have to step back and say like week off now? I'm stepping back. Or... I don't I, I don't physically no. know how to do that, do I? At all. Even no. I mean Hannah will get messages from me and I'm like, I need some time off. I just can't do it. And then within 24 hours, I'm normally yeah. back on it, aren't I? Like I don't know how to relax. Well both Hannah's of us will better, but yeah. <laughs> both of us message and go, we're going on a holiday, we're gonna be off for a week. Yeah. And even if we say we're going off. We might actually not message each other sometimes, but we're still on the group. We're still approving people. We still read posts. We just might not do some of the face-to-face visible stuff we were planning mm-hmm. on that we would yeah. normally do, but we're always still there. Yes. I don't think there is a week that goes by that one of our chats doesn't go off. And it's probably not a day go by that we're both not on the group, no. even if yeah. we're on holiday. Yeah. yeah. It's, wow. It's actually quite intense, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I now don't know how to stop either oh it's become a lifestyle that's what I said earlier yeah it's it's become my life Icarus has become my life that it's potentially an addictive problem (laughs) (laughs) a little bit I I think it's where I don't really have much else going on in life I don't have anything better to do (laughs) I mean I don't saving the planet it's not a bad thing to do right I mean there are worse hobbies to have but um, I mean there's a lot worse habits to have yeah, I mean, you know, it's a good hobby, I think, to have. And yeah, but I just think I sometimes need to get a life and do something else. <laughs> oh, you're doing a great thing. So you know that, you know, you're doing a great thing. Um, so, right. I understand that your Facebook rehoming group, Eco Six Rehome Reuse Repurpose, is the biggest group with about 5.4K mm. members. Um, you've told me about it already, really, haven't you? Is there anything else you want to tell me about it? You've, I think you've really covered it. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think like Hannah really said earlier, group. passion for it really came because we felt like there was loads of freeway-type groups out there. Um, but, yeah, it was because... I can't remember what it was. Was it the scrap carpet I had or something? And then I, yeah, I, I, think, yeah. And I was like, there needs to be somewhere for this stuff. And, and like Hannah said, so it started off as a real place to get rid of your junk basically yeah um, and I still want to go back to that in a way a bit more of our core values for that but over COVID we really did fill a gap and that's when the group went from about 2,000 to 5,000 because people needed it yeah, um, yeah. so yeah it's, a, it's our most popular group yeah definitely. yeah okay so Hannah who is your biggest eco hero <laughs> oh this is the question that really threw me and it's the one I found hardest to answer because my always answer was, oh, David Attenborough. Mm-hmm. But then everybody who's eco will say David Attenborough. Yeah. And he, obviously he's fantastic and he deserves that praise. Um, and then, this is going to sound cheesy. Um, and then I decided to say Sam <laughs> because, because obviously David Attenborough is amazing and has huge, like, yes, international I can't reach. compare with David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> you can't quite. 
But on an Essex scale, you really have, I mean, you drive way to Essex way more than I do. Um, you're so passionate. Don't you really life. don't. Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you really do have a passion for it. And even when we've gone through times when we've had like real stress on the group and we've been up at like stupid times in the morning, we've like people trying to be abusive and troll us. And there have been so many times I've gone, oh, I can't deal with this anymore. And you're always so positive and you have so many, yeah, and you have so many ideas. I struggle for, I'll implement them when we have one, but I struggle with the ideas, but you have so many ideas and you want to help so many people and you do so much for free. So then I decided to say you. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> sad, well, yeah, no pressure. I need to say Hannah now, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who's your biggest eco-hero, Sam? <laughs> no, I was going to say David Attenborough, but actually I'm going to go for Greta because Greta did something amazing, which was a young girl, not even an adult, stood up for what she believed in against everybody that thought, what is she doing? And she just stood her ground as an intelligent young woman and stood out that parliament, stood outside that parliament and what, three years later, four years later, look at what she has done and how many yeah. people she's inspired and empowered to, to stand up for what they believe in. Um, and I think what's interesting about Greta is that she's such a young person by age, but she has a lot of knowledge and she's very intelligent. So I find her information very reliable. So if you want to follow somebody on Instagram, like follow her because she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think if more young people could just be confident like her to stand up for what they believe in, then the world would be a better place. So I'm going to go for Greta. Okay. And Sam, if you had the opportunity to reach the maximum amount of people and you were asked to give three pieces of advice, what would you mm. say? I have to make it concise because I've just been warned I've got 10 minutes left. Oh, that's fine. I've Okay, so my first bit of advice, okay, I've got to remember now what I would say, um, is, right, number one, because it's easy, easy to remember, is change your bank. Just change your bank to an ethical bank. It is one of the most, if not the most important thing we can do to be more um, environmentally friendly. Change your bank away from banks that invest in fossil fuels and go to co-op, Tridos, Nationwide, one of the better ones. That's number one. Okay. Uh, number two is, um, oh, my number two is educate yourself with what is going on in the world. So I think it's taken me to be in my mid-30s for me to really understand actually not in my mid-30s like literally two three years ago um nearly, and i thought it was so it's taken me this long for me to understand what the hell is going on with our planet um mm. because we i've lived in naivety ignorance um and i've relied on the people and businesses and government around me to educate me you, i can't so i think educate yourself with what is going on don't rely on other people or the news and i can't remember number three so come back to me for number three okay okay <laughs> We're going to Hannah for your three then, and then we'll come back to Sammy. Uh, <laughs> so luckily I wrote four because Sammy said one of the ones I was going to say. Oh! Um, I was going to say the educate yourself one, but I wrote four because I knew we would have at least one that was the same. Um, so my three pieces, one, I said start small, don't decide to change your whole life overnight, change your whole diet, change your whole healthcare routine, do it in small goes. 
and in a year you'll be surprised how much you have changed if you try and do it in one big bang you'll fail um well not necessarily you might do it but you'll find it a lot harder than it needs to be um i'm sure sam and i look back at where we were five years ago and think how did we end up here um it's three years ago since we started so, yeah start small yeah 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 true okay um write to people and companies and telling your views if you don't like something be greater and tell people so tell companies tell governments tell your council if you don't tell them um they won't know okay so write your views however you do it if you do it on social media or in person or on paper whatever you do but tell people about it okay. um and my final one was um talk to your money if you don't put money in companies that aren't eco-friendly they'll quickly change their tune if they realize everybody did that put your money in companies like Sam said with banks, but put your money in companies that you trust their values and you like their ethos and they do eco products because money's the strongest talker in our community. Excellent. Yeah. So how, how long have you both been eco aware? Like you've just sort of covered that in a way. And if you could go back to your 14 year old selves, give yourselves guidance, what would you say? Starting, um, Sam. Um, so, I thought I was eco-aware from a teenager. So my mum was like the first person I knew in the neighbourhood to recycle. And I remember she got like this little machine that like uh, condensed the tins, like you had to tread on it, condensed the tins. And then she put it in a box and she drove to the recycling centre once a month and dropped it off. And I just thought that was amazing. And, and so really, since the age of 14, I thought I was doing quite a good job. I've been right doing my recycling like what more can you do I'm brilliant and then I got uh, a hybrid car and solar panels about 10 years ago again thought I was doing it all I was like well I'm pretty eco-friendly like I'm doing a great job and then just like it really really hit home since we started Eco Essex and like what we both learned was like amazing like oh no actually recycling's not that great actually we need to stop buying stuff in the first place and so I think I've, in my head, I've always been eco-friendly, but the reality is um, nobody is educated enough in the country about what we need to do. And it's only actually been two years properly. Yeah. Um, and if I was to say so to my 14-year-old self, um, I would say, yeah, educate yourself. Don't rely on your, don't rely on the government to teach you what you need to know. <laughs> Fair enough. And how about you, Anna? Um, so I had a similar upbringing to Sam. I've always thought we were quite an eco family um i was vegetarian from a young age um members of my family were strongly involved in kind of eco movements and um nature preservation and things like that so i always thought i kind of was and i think the older i got i found different avenues that oh i didn't know i could do that and oh you can make changes here um but for me it kicked in when i had my oldest daughter so she's six and a half um and then i suddenly realized it starts with cloth nappies um and it kind of all spiraled from there that I suddenly realised what a horrible place we were leaving um, and what destruction we were doing that by the time she got to kind of my age, what world would she have? Um, so that kind of started mine. And then obviously eco three years ago. Um, and what piece of advice did I give my 14-year-old self? I was going to say educate yourself now. It's so much easier to learn when you're 14 and change your habits when you're then. And there's the internet now. And, I mean, we didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But if you never started using some of the things like disposable razors. If you never started using them, you'd never, you'd, you'd never think of any another way. And another thing I put was use sustainable sanctuary wear. Because if you start when you're whatever age you need to start using it, it's so much better for your body. And 
if you started using those products now, you'll never know the disposable alternative yeah. and you'll never have to make the horrible change if you just started straight away. So do oh your God. research. Do you know what? We use disposable razors. I just, you know, you don't think of it. Ah, no. <laughs> I've changed that disposable razor because I won't get rid of it until it's dead, you know, so I've still got one. And, and we always say that, like, don't just get rid of stuff because it's not eco. Like the most eco thing you can do is use what you have. Use it till it, use it, till it dies. Yeah, and I've then got one it. semi disposable. It's like bamboo, but it's got a little bit of plastic on the head. But that head, which they say, what do I say, change it every six weeks or something? Am I even less of that? Oh, Mine's been going well, a good 18 months. It's still fine. I was going to say, mine has been changed like every two years. Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I've been using years. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Use what you've got first. Oh, but, well, thank you so much for talking to me. You're welcome. Thanks for us. And um, one day I'll go, I think you went to an eco festival or something recently, didn't you? I saw something wonderful. Oh, yeah. Are you, did yeah, you, I did. Was you part of the running of it or did you just go to no, it? No, we, we were supposed to be at the beginning, weren't we? A couple of years ago when the conversation yeah. started. But, um, it was just too much. We just couldn't take it on. So, no, we weren't involved in running it. Just, no. you know, and it wasn't local to us either. Oh, and they did a lot of, before COVID, they did a lot of face to face meetings. Um, mm -hmm. But it was in Colchester. So, it would have been like an hour each way drive, a bit more uh, for us. Um, which is a very eco. With young children in the evenings. Yeah, it just it just wasn't even an idea. Oh. Well, I might meet you one day at an eco festival. You never know. Oh, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> well, it was lovely yeah. speaking to you. And I'm yeah, going to say goodbye. Yeah, bye. 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 bye.